Ayo, welcome to the Make a Moves of Map podcast, hosted by your boy Matt, a young buck on a mission to visit every country in the world. I am currently 45 countries deep, subject to change, but whatever. Come listen as I talk to some really awesome and inspiring people about all things Make a Moves. Welcome, let's get it. All right, everyone. Welcome back to uh, your favorite podcast, Make a Moves with Matt. It's your boy Matt here. We're on our season two now, and we're on episode two. We got a fun episode planned for y'all on this one. I got a friend here whom I've known for a few years now, really, who is on the other side of the globe right now. So I believe it's an eight-hour time difference. So shout out for, you know, connection and all that stuff. So with whom do I have the pleasure of speaking with today? Well, hello there, everyone. Um, to those who don't know me, my name is Rebecca Noor. Uh, I am Lebanese American, and I was born and raised in the States. My parents are Lebanese, and I live in Korea. Well, South Korea, I should I should say so. Thank you for that. Okay, so let's dive into this. So. Yeah, uh, I know we're both from the States, but we did not meet in the States. Uh, we've actually met, I believe, one time or is it two times? How many times have we met in person? I think it's been like twice. I feel like it's been twice. Okay. So we've met in South Korea. So let's dive into how we met. Do you remember how we uh, we, we met each other? Do you remember that? Oh, God. No, I do know it had to do with teaching. I feel like it had to do with teaching. It was like maybe email or something it did so I'll, I'll i'll fire us up with the little intro you can you know chime on in when you got little things in between so yeah rebecca was teaching english in south korea in i believe where outside seoul correct where were you yeah it's only outside outskirts of seoul um it, it's technically um Gyeonggi-do area um but it's nearby seoul so they consider it seoul but it's called Lide. okay thank you so weird so I remember, you know, this is a time in, uh, I believe, 2020. So, you know, during COVID and I knew I wanted to, you know, go to South Korea. And I, you know, uh, reached out to several recruiters and they they I, they connected me with your school and they gave me your email. And, you know, I emailed you. I remember I said, like, yo, what's the deal with uh, this school? What's what's going on with all all this? Like, you know, just just help me. Give me some information. And I just remember you were more than accommodating you just sent like this long email and just i I knew i I didn't know what you look like i didn't know anything about you but i thought like wow this person's pretty cool they they were they were real and i remember you said this in your email you said i'm going to give you like a real review a real you know everything i I, you know i i know the school put my name for you but i'm not going to sugarcoat anything and i will never you know forget that or take that for granted because it was like you gave me a real review of your school so you do remember that do you remember that email yeah, I do. Well, here's the thing, because like um, a lot of people don't know, but when you go into a job, there's a lot of things they don't tell you. And when you're first starting out in a new job and in a new country, you're not really familiar with many things. And so I tried my best as the head teacher, you know, um, then a, of the school to inform newcomers of like, what I race basically didn't have because my recruiter was okay, but my head teacher, she didn't really be honest or real with me. And I felt like when I came into that school, I was awoken to a much 
more, you know, realistic reality that this is not what it seems. So that's why I tried to like inform people of the good and the bad. And, you know, if this is a school you're looking for, if you're willing to take the risk, like you've got to know what you're getting into. So you're not blindsided, so per se. Yeah. And I just, I really appreciate that because like you said, like, I think you gave me a real review because you weren't given that before. And so, you know, in the end, I did not end up going to your school because of what you had said. And, you know, I just, I appreciate it because, you know, other people could have said, oh, it's so great knowing that it's not, but telling me that it is because, you know, you're the face of that school, but you, you were real. And, you know, I mean, that's just like the, yeah, you know, I was that like, I was danger, like, okay. danger. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm going to, you know, reach out to you, you know, outside and ask, you know, stuff about Korea and stuff. And, you know, we just be, became friends that way. And, you know, I'll always thank you for that. You know, when I did meet you in person, I was like, thank you so much. Like I ended up in a better situation and my whole journey in Korea was, you know, because of you steering me in the right direction. You were like my mentor and I know you didn't mean to be, but, you know, you were, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I didn't think of it that way, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I want to dive into, you know, your your Korea experience kind of thing. So at what point in your life did you know you wanted to go teach English in Korea? Like, could you give us a little background of what and, you know, what brought you there and what year, um, all that kind of stuff? Well, it's kind of complicated. So like when I was younger, I always had this passion to live in another country. At that time, I didn't know which country. I was thinking five. Um, a few were on my list, like France, um, the UAE, Japan, Korea, and the last one uh, would have been China. So I had all these countries on my list. I wanted to go to a few of them were because I knew the language and I wanted to perfect it. Um, but I realized like that is a much more harder challenge for me because if I were to go to all these countries and teach, it would take me a long time to adjust to that replace. So the reality was, I would go to a country that I had more of an interest in, which at the time was Korea. I was really big into Korean dramas and K-pop. So um, I wanted to try in Korea. I also um, had a goal. So like teaching wasn't always my passion. My goal was to eventually go into the entertainment world. But I told myself if I'm going to do it, I'm going to give myself a timeline, which was two years. So by the end of two years, I need to have myself situated in the field I'm in so that's really how it started um I was around how old was I at that time I was around 21 when I when I chose Korea as my destination and then uh, I just kept it kind of a secret from my father I told my family I'm going to Korea but nobody believed me um until I finally did and you know I'm still here. It's been five years. So, yeah. Okay. So let's go into that a little more. So you, what what year is it? You said you were 21, but so can you paint us a picture? What year were you? I, it was a year. It's a good question. I think it was 2019. I came to Korea in 2019. Okay. You moved to Korea in 2019. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I know I really want to get into, you know, this transition to the entertainment world and stuff like that. But I do want to touch up what, what was it like, you know, from your experience, the teaching and living in Korea, what was it, what you had expected, some some highs, some lows, just, you know, dive into that if you could. Well, for me, I had a few schools as an option. I ended up choosing the one you almost went to. 
Um, I had a really rough time in the beginning. Our school went through so many changes. Um, we went through 40 teachers, I would say, in two and a half years. Um, it was really rough. So many teachers just couldn't take it. They quit. And until I really became like the head teacher, that's when things changed. And now like the school is doing so much better. Um, but at that time, I struggled a lot. Moving Korea to Korea, I mean, yeah, it's a good country, but moving to a country is just not as easy as people seem. Yeah, like it is not just the language. It's the fact that you're alone you don't have family, you don't have relatives, you don't even have friends to confide in. But I mean, teaching in general, I loved the children. I wasn't really satisfied with my school, but um, it was a good experience for me to learn to be more independent, to be more reliant on myself. And I learned a lot of things like how to open a bank account and get a phone number and things like that because I worked in those kinds of a setting. Okay. And so what ages were you working with when you were at this school or in general, your your, your time as a teacher in, in Korea? Uh, I was in charge of the five years. So it's, they're five in like Korean age, but in like international age, they were three or four. So like, they were like the babies. Okay. Which could you explain that? Because that was really a big shock for me, this whole concept of the different ages. So for the audience, like, what is the Korean age internet? What, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? You did two different ages there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still uh, they don't have it anymore. They actually just got rid of it this year. In June I did see July. that. Yeah. So thankfully, I mean, I actually never went by the Korean age system. But the way it works is when you're born, you're automatically one years old. Um, because they consider the time you're in the womb as a year, technically you're growing, growing, right? So when you're born, you're technically one. And when you are in New Year's, every New Year's, they consider it a new year, so you gain a year, even if you haven't had your birthday yet. And then when your birthday comes, then you celebrate your birthday, but you don't talk about the age. So they never talk about the age on their birthday. They just celebrate your birthday. Okay, so... Let me get this straight. So if I if I'm born December thirty first, and on January first I'm like two days old, but in Korea I'm two years old according to this uh, this this age. If you're born December thirty first, yeah, you would be automatically one when you're born, and then when you hit yeah New Year's you'd be two. Wow. Okay. It's weird. So it, That's why yeah, it is. Summer three and summer four. It just depends on when their birthday is. Exactly. So, you know, I knew what you meant when you said I was with the five-year-olds, but could have been this or that. But I know when I first like heard about that, I was so confused because I worked with my first, well, the job was with some three-year-olds. Well, three-year-olds could have been like one or two, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, wait, what? That is not a three-year-old, I don't think. And then I discovered this whole, <laughs> this age. Yeah, it's uh it was confusing. So but in general, so when you arrived in Korea, what were some of the like the, the cultural things, maybe some shocks or just some things that you were so different that you liked or disliked in terms of, you know, because it is a different world from from U.S. Like, was there any of that that you experienced other than, you know, what you said, the move to a new country with the, the language and the bank account, stuff like that, but cultural components? Korea is a very closed society. So while some foreign countries, they prefer to like be more outspoken, Korea is a very 
quiet. So so they're very quiet on the subways, quiet on the buses. Um, as far as like um, who they are and what they do, they're very respectful to their elders. So if someone's older than you, it doesn't even matter like the year, the I mean, like the day, the year is what's important. Then you have to be respectful to your elders, which I do find good and bad in some ways. Um, you also um, find out Korean people are very polite to each other when asked but like if you are just a tourist they won't just go out of their way to help you you know what i mean so like if you're asking for help they'll help you or they'll find someone to help you but if you are just looking lost they'll just leave you alone because that's just the culture they don't bother you unless you want to be bothered so so those are things that were kind of shocking to me it's just like they don't open the door for the next person like in Western countries and um, everyone's always on their phone. They're just very quiet and reserved. But you get used to it as you live here. Yeah, I have noticed this, especially because I'm, I'm a big like door holder, you know what I mean? So if, it, if this happened back home where someone has to hold the door, I, I'm thinking like, yo, do we have a problem here? Like you can't hold no, the door open for me. No, they'll just slam the door in your feet. Yeah, like or the... But not saying thank you, I mean, you know, for opening the door for them. And I just, you know, again, like you said, like just different, the cultural aspects and stuff. Um, Even the holidays are different. They have different holidays that they follow. Um, while I still personally follow American holidays, um, they have their Korean ones, which, of course, sometimes I will take part in. But I really don't, thankfully. You tell us some of these holidays you're referring to. What's the biggest one, you think, in the Korean, uh, in in Korean the culture? In the Korean world, is obviously Chuseok. Um, it's like a Korean Thanksgiving. It's like they give thanks to their past relatives and things like that. Understand, understand. Okay. So, um in terms of like living in Korea, what are some things that are very typical of like living there as opposed to traveling there? Like what is, what is it like to live in Korea from your experience? Um, Korea is a very safe country. Lots of cameras everywhere. People mostly follow the rules. You don't see people um, that'll cause chaos. They're much more respectful towards keeping the peace, not just inside the house, but outside the house. Um, you'll also notice um, things like uh, the delivery system. When you live here, you you find things to be fast, like the internet, the food service, the delivery. Everything is built very quickly to where you become impatient when you don't receive things quickly. So, like whenever I go go back to America, I feel like so impatient because why is it taking so long? But then I have to remember it's not Korea; it's America. Um, and, um, also I noticed people in the way that they, um, treat each other, like after you've lived here so long, you become grown into the customs of greetings to each other, like bowing and, um, it becomes like a habit for you. Whereas if you're a tourist, you don't, you, you understand that you're not really familiar with it. Right. Um, and you, while you're here as a tourist, you don't get to see the bad things or like the harder struggles that you go through such as like getting you know a house and getting a bank and getting a phone number it's much more of a harder process when you're living here as a foreigner versus when you're just traveling here you're able to just get something at the airport and be done with it right um 
there's there's things that are good and bad. Living here, I, I do like it. I do enjoy how quiet and peaceful, but I also like how safe it is. The fact that I can just go out at night and buy something at 2 a.m. and not have to worry about my surroundings. Um, but living here is definitely different than what it is in like the states and stuff. Yeah, so you gave some some of the big things. Like, what what is something though reverse though? Like that in the U.S. you might take for granted. Then in Korea, where it's like, oh, why isn't this like that? You know what I mean? Like you said, the U.S. you're missing the convenience as Korea. Like what you just said, some of the safety components. What's something though the U.S. Oh, man, Korea? I wish they had this, or I wish it were like this. That you know what I mean? Other yeah, could you dive into that maybe? There's a lot of things. Food. Okay, go into it. I want to hear it. Okay, I'll be honest. Like, my taste buds are accustomed to American. I mean, it's not even just American. It's Western food. I enjoy salt. I enjoy, like, lots of sugar on something. Korea is very different in terms of flavor. I mean, it's not bad. There are some food that I do enjoy that are Korean. But when it comes to pasta, when it comes to burgers, when it comes to... Um, even snacks, they're not comparable to American snacks because obviously I'm accustomed differently. Not that American and Korean snacks are like, I mean, Korean snacks are bad, but I'm just used to different flavor settings, especially salt. Yeah, I got you with that. So can you give me some of your top three snacks that it's like, damn, Korea, come on, you got to have this. Cheetos. What are some brands? Hey, okay, Cheetos number Korea one, what else? Korea Cheetos, but it's Koreanized, like it's changed. It's not the same, same I know what you Doritos. mean. with Doritos. Um, I also like Fritos and I love Funyuns. I love Funyuns. But like these are chips that they have Korean versions of, but they're not the same. Don't get me started about the Doritos because like, I don't know if you've had Doritos in other countries as well. Like it looks the same, but then they say it's nacho flavor. It's like, where's where's the but original Doritos? Cool but Ranch. you can't like... blame Korea, to be honest. Like every country you go to, they have different flavors. Of course, and so of course. It's not yeah. that a Korea is wrong. It's just like, I'm living in a country where they enjoy these flavors more. But I'm just, I just wish the food was more accessible in Korea. Okay. Yeah. yeah I wish so, American food was more accessible here. I got you. So I'm going to give you two two snacks. I don't know how you feel about them. What about Cheez Its or Goldfish? You miss those or you don't I love care about Cheez-Its those? I love Cheez Its and I love Goldfish. So just... Okay. There we go. That's something that I need. You know what I mean? Like, that cheese of flavor, I get my parents to like send some to Korea because it's like you need that, you know? Yeah, it's it's also it's also like salt and vinegar chips. Like I found oh. some. You don't like them? Oh, love them. Don't get me started. I love them. I Come love on. it. And then I bought it home, and then my husband was like, "Ew, what is this?" And I'm just like, "Cause he don't oh. know. He don't know." I mean, he loves American food, but he just doesn't like the vinegar taste. But I'm just used to it because I'm American. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I feel that. So, in ter- okay, before we go to the next thing, what is your favorite though Korean food? Um, it'd have to be one. It's called bakaebi cheese bakar. Okay, what is that for those those who do not know what that is? So, um, it's usually chicken, chicken and then there's vegetables like cabbage and lettuce, and then there's rice cakes, which are called tteokbokki in Korean. Um, sometimes you can add ramen as a flavor on top, but in the middle um, of it is cheese. And it's usually cooked with a sauce. Um, I think it's like gochujang. I don't really know the sauce, to be honest, but 
they cook it on a pot in front of you and like when it's all mixed together the cheese melts and the chicken cooks and the cabbage kind of like absorbs the flavor so it's like delicious yeah, I, I can vouch for that. That that is that is an awesome awesome dish. And now, have you had Korean food back in the U.S. like KBB Korean barbecue? Anything? I like- have. I have before. Like, um, not before I went to Korea, but I have like after I came back. I went to like K Town in New York, and I went to um some Korean barbecue where I'm from in Florida. Um. They weren't the same. Obviously, the flavors are not there, but I can't really blame them because of um, the flavor profiling. So you won't find authentic food unless you go to the restaurant where they're, I mean, the country where they're made, obviously. It, it is different, you know? I mean, in, I went to Koreatown in LA and just, it's uh, so much more expensive, you know, American prices, but... Oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. It's disrespectful, really, right? Yeah. Like the duck garby in New York was like twenty five a person, and I was like, it's usually twenty five for two people in Korea. So I was blown away when the bill was like seventy five. It's crazy like that. We went to in LA. It was um the Korean barbecue, like one or two meats. It was like forty five dollars a person, so not ninety bucks. And it was like ninety dollars back in Korea with this. I mean, we're feeding the whole whole squad up in here. You know what I mean? Yeah, food prices are different. And my mom wouldn't believe me when I said it's just cheaper to eat out in Korea than it is to cook. It really is, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like the groceries, I remember were expensive. Where it's like you could just fire up delivery every night because I mean it's it's cheaper, and no one believes yeah, you. Yeah, I would spend a hundred dollars on groceries, but I could get ten meals for that price, and that groceries would not even last me like a week. So, for real, I mean, it's just—I don't know how they make money. Restaurants, I, yeah, it's just you think like how many countries are like that where the delivery is cheaper than the grocery? Like that's such a foreign concept. So, uh, before I wanted, I wanted to you know talk about this transition about you, but but living in Seoul, how is Seoul as as a city? Like, how does it compare to other places you've been? What is it like? Like, what does Seoul look like for for anyone? I don't live in Seoul. I actually live outside of Seoul. I prefer not to live in Seoul. I live in Incheon. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. But where the airport is, right. Okay, so... Yeah, so I prefer not to live in Seoul. Tell me why. Um, I just don't like to be in a hectic environment. Korea is um, quite small, but it's very populated in Seoul. And I feel like um, there's a lot of congestion there is one thing. There's a lot of um, disorganization. That's another one. Another thing is like when you live in the city, things are more expensive. Um, you always feel like you have to rush because you're on a city time zone. You got to move, 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 right? Uh, for me, if I live in the city, specifically Seoul, I find my I would find myself not having time for myself because I would always feel like I have to go and do something, like meet a friend or something like that. Now, when I live outside of Seoul, I have more time to myself. I can relax more because I don't live close to others and I don't live close to everyone. So I can feel more relaxed in my environment. I'm close enough to where I can go there, but I'm not in it to where I'm involved. Right. You You still have the distance. So would you say Incheon then is is like a suburb or just a smaller city? How would you describe that area then? It's big, but it's um, more spread out. Okay. Kind of like a mix between the two. It's people in Incheon are more relaxed, more chill, more friendly towards foreigners. So I enjoy it. 
Now, would you compare Seoul to being like a New York that is that fast paced hustle and bustle? Like, is that? Yeah, no, worse. So in Seoul, because of rush hour, because so many people live there, I mean, there's more people that live in Seoul than do than they do in New York, Manhattan, right? Um, and the subways are always crammed during rush hours. So people are always like on a busy, busy lifestyle. So you're very easy to, what is the word, like fade out of reality. You're just one of the millions. You're not anything special. Um, and with Manhattan, you actually feel like you have a spot because you have a, a bigger job, a, a desk or a name. In Seoul, you're just one of the millions that just has to go to work because... It's a nine-to-five job, right? Yeah, like a cog in the wheel kind of thing. So, okay, so that, that it's just. So, would you say it's just like Manhattan or like New York, like like times two, times three, like in terms of like the vibe? Kind of, yeah. Like on New York on like overload, yeah. Overload. Okay. Cool. Cool. Because in, at least in New York, you are able to communicate with others and just say how, good morning, how was your day, or just talk to strangers. And right. So they don't do that. You just squished crammed quiet on your farm yeah every, everyone to, to themselves right right so in Incheon, would you say like as a tourist coming is it worth some is it worth visiting is there any like touristic opportunities there or it's more not, not shaking your head no i live in Incheon because it's more affordable number one number two you get more space for your money which is what i need i need space i don't need city i need space more bang for your buck so i want a big home yeah um, and number two, uh, I live in Incheon because there's a variety of people that live here, all, all from around the world versus, I mean, they do in Seoul, but like, um, it's still foreign friendly, basically. Um, and I'd like Incheon because I, I just don't like to be crowded by so many people. I like to have freedom, space away from everyone. That's just how I am. But for tourists, I mean, there are some things like the ocean, but, um, not much to do here. It's okay. mostly all in Seoul. But you like it though. You like your area in Chon. You like you like. It is. It's it's what you want, right? For now, yeah. For now, okay, cool. So I wanted to talk about a transition. So you were okay. All said and done, how long were you teaching that? For twenty nineteen till when? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. So twenty nineteen. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what year I stopped teaching. We'll say yeah, two and a half years give or take so um, by the end of it because you did set yourself a two-year plan were you ready to be out of it because you're like i've overstayed my my welcome with with the teaching component like, i'm ready for the next thing like how, how was coming to the end how, how was that uh, i was already done with teaching a long time ago um but i stayed for my school they were in need of a head teacher so i stayed longer to help with responsibilities which is why it was two and a half years um, but I've transitioned because I gave myself two years to, and I was just ready to, at that time I had everything set up for me to. Okay. So where, where, what are we doing now? So how, what was the transition into the entertainment world? How, how did we get there? What, what are we doing? Talk to me. Uh, well, in Korea, you require a visa. Every job you do has a different visa. They're categorized by the job and you're only allowed to do that job so you cannot model and teach it's not possible you cannot model and work in a restaurant it's not possible when you're modeling you can only model and or anything in the entertainment field it's very specific and it's the same as when you're teaching you can only teach so in order to get modeling you need to get the visa right to get a visa you need to get sponsored by an agent 
uh, from an agency, right? So you have to meet a bunch of agencies, get them like to have interest in you, send them your portfolios, you meet with them, you do auditions. If they like you, they will sponsor you. A lot of them will do things like um, under the table, which don't ever do. So yeah, I just for anyone, don't do things under the table. It will come back to bite you in the wrong way. But you find an agent to sponsor your pizza and they send you the documents. The documents go sent to the government. The government can either approve or deny it, right? Um, while you're waiting for an approval, you go back to your home country. So you're going to be visa list during that time. And then if the government approves, you get the visa, you come back to Korea under that visa. Um, when you're modeling, you know, you work not just with your agency, but with other agents as well. Um, the market is very, how do I say, competitive. The pay is not what it used to be. It's very low because there's a lot of competition. So you have to, like, put yourself out there, right? Send your work to people and negotiate your pay, negotiate the hours, negotiate things like that. Most models fall for just doing any job for any price because they want to or they need money. But in reality, that's not how it should be, right? You should have value and you add the value to your work and you give the price and things like that. A lot of agents don't negotiate. Some do. It really all depends. But yeah, you have to earn money and then your agent or agency will take a cut. Um, so it, it's just a cut by cut basis. So like, let's say another agent offers a job. They're already taking their cut. You don't know how much it is. They send it to you. You can't receive money. You send it to your agency. Your agency takes their cut. Then they send it to you. So you get like the leftovers, right? Um, the modeling industry in Korea is very difficult because... It requires you to constantly, you know, um, put yourself out there, negotiate, network, you know, do different jobs. A lot of models can't survive because the industry is very competitive. There's not enough work to earn money, to earn a living. But it's like that in other countries. It's not just in Korea. So um, it's not all glam and happiness of what people think. It's, it's, it's not as simple as it looks, right? But that's just like the basics behind it. Um, in order to stand out, you need to have some uniqueness or something that you're offering that's different from everyone else. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, yes. Okay, so you you, you are modeling in, in Korea. So when how, how long have you been doing this then? Um, It's been two years on the dot. But for me, I've kind of slowly backed away from modeling um i do get offers for jobs sometimes i get picked sometimes i don't but i don't re you know rely on earning a living off of modeling because the standard of beauty here is quite different than the western world you know they're looking for more european more slavic look right now and so i just have shifted my focus to sns and social media Okay, so like a day in the life of being a model, of course it depends day by day, but like what would you how would you describe a day in the life like I mean before like you 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 get a you get a job could be on set like how, how does that work? I'm just very interested in learning for this entertainment field. 
it depends on the kind of job. So if you have a model shoot, you get contacted beforehand. They'll tell you the details. They'll tell you what you need to bring or what you don't need to bring, how you need to do your hair or if you need to do your hair. Sometimes they ask you to do your hair and do a natural look. Sometimes they'll have hair and makeup provided. Um, you go there early, you get that done. Then you start the photo shoot. I mean, like, um, sometimes they're in a studio. Sometimes they are out in the open. I mean, I did a campaign for a French brand called Rorian. Um, that was on the street, literally. They would just bring this all around the streets of uh, Seoul. And we would shoot in random places and people were staring at us. But you have to be willing to put yourself out there, not in front of the camera, but in front of others, because that's really what it requires for you to stay focused, right? Um, in the studio, it's more relaxed. You're able to be more chill. Usually there's break times and things in between. Outside, you feel more nervous, right? Um, it's the same, like, if you have a drama shooting, I've done some, like, background work for a movie and for dramas. Dramas are crazy. You work really long hours, I'd say 16 hours, really long hours. You don't get a lot of pay, but you get to experience, like, seeing a drama in action, right? So that's a good thing. But it's not easy work because... When you're a background or in the back, you're kind of like considered an extra, right? Um, but for those, they'll they'll make you bring your own equipment, do your own hair. They'll tell you you need this look, show up this time at this place, and you do. That's basically how it is. Interesting. Okay, so what was your favorite then, um, like shoot or or campaign? Was there one that really stood out where you just like, wow, that I I, I really like what I'm doing, kind of thing. I haven't done a lot. What I've done mostly is experiment with different kinds of things. Um, I really enjoy TV shooting. So I've done a few TV like recordings where I talk on TV, right? Um, I had one recently where I traveled to different regions of Korea. It was, I was supposed to be on a two-week episode, but because of like weather, it got postponed and they had to choose another person, right? But I enjoyed that because I was able to go to another city of Seoul like enjoy the food there enjoy the nature there while filming on tv experience like showing something to the world but not just myself i enjoyed it because it was giving me an opportunity that i wouldn't be doing if i wasn't on tv right yeah so that's that's probably what i enjoy the most is tv tv shoots well i would say outdoors tv shoots because i've done in studios and they're just not okay. as fun. Okay. When yeah. you say speaking roles, are you speaking in English or Korean? Or have you, uh, like, yeah, what was that like? I hadn't done a speaking role yet. Oh, okay. Um, so it really all depends. When the agent says you need to speak Korean, you need to speak Korean. But they will ask you to send, like, a, before you get any jobs, you have to send your portfolio to the to the client. And you also have to send an introduction video with your voice. And uh, most of the time, if it's acting, they require an acting, like, video to see how well you can, like, create different emotions. So that's basically how it is. And then they choose you, and then they'll tell you you need to know Korean or feeling you need to know English. They'll send you the script. You always have the scripts ahead of time to practice. But the one I did was Korean. It was 
quite difficult because they gave me like 12 pages of cream and I was like, oh my God, no. So I ended up just like, huh? How's your Korean then? It's okay. It's just okay. And yeah, it's get by level. Well, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. It was like scripted like with other people. Yeah, yeah. I kind of winged it. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds... I was like, I cannot memorize all of this. No. But that's cool though. So um, I know you said you've kind of shifted out of the modeling, but like in your, your peak of the modeling, was this something that you really, this was what you had worked to do? Like, were you happy at this this point? Because I know... Yeah, I mean, like, if if the market wasn't as saturated and, you know, difficult, because like I said, like the beauty standards they're looking for is not this standard. They're looking for more Slavic, more European look, which is what um, the market is here. If I were to go to another market, which I had plans for to travel to like, let's say India or the Middle East and do some work there. Um, I was still in love the shop. I love modeling. I love cameras i love putting myself out there that's not really the issue um i just shied away from modeling here because i didn't see a need yet to like work hard i'm not really the kind of person to put myself out there when i don't see an end goal you know i want to put myself into something that i can see multiplying and be more successful so i didn't see myself moving anywhere so i noticed like let's just take a shift and maybe later we'll see how everything is going right you, you saw the ceiling kind of thing it wasn't the sky is the limit it wasn't that kind of thing because you're saying that the standards have changed and you you just like what you said you didn't see you moving up so much is that what you're saying yeah i mean here's what it is if as a basic model you're not going to go anywhere unless you have a name for yourself if you have a name for yourself, if you have a following, if you have um, a background that's unique, then you will move up, you know. But a basic person just doing a basic job, a basic background extra, a basic modeling job is not going to move you from point A to point B. And my goal is much bigger than just being the basic model, right? I just want um, to build my name into a brand, into a business, into a goal. So I realized, like, I can't think of it as... Um, Tegan myself is worrying in this small market when I have a much bigger net that I need to cast in, right? So, Of course. Okay. So what is it that you're doing? So you're doing more social media, building your own brand now kind of thing because you, you have kind of strayed away from the, uh, the, the modeling. Is, is that what's happening now? Yeah. So modeling, if they send me work, if I get picked or not, that's fine. But I don't go out there sending my my information out like I used to here's my portfolio here's my things like that I'm just not involved in that anymore I'm not involved in taking you pictures and stuff like that right now I'm more focusing on SNS specifically TikTok is my goal this year um my Instagram I'm, I already feel like is doing pretty well it's not like um what I would say I've already hit the goals where I needed to on Instagram. This year's TikTok, I got some more goals I want to hit, and then next year will be YouTube. I'm taking things one at a time. Nice, good for you. So, with these goals, you want to be like self-sustaining with this social media kind of thing. With these, the TikTok, the Instagram, the YouTube, just your own brand name, not relying on the modeling. Correct. I want to have a name and image for myself, and then if opportunities come with it, 
it's much more easier rather than just following the crowd. Cool, cool. Yeah. So with the social media aspect, do you have a specific, uh, not market, but like, because, you know, TikTok, Instagram, there's so many of people in one thing. Like, do you have a particular, like a, like a travel influencer? Of, like, what, what is, is that you're trying to? to... Um, I would like to say I have a niche, but my Instagram is kind of like just daily life, fashion, travel. It's not like specific in one thing. I, I'm always posting. I do post, post beauty things. I post good and care on there. My TikTok, I haven't fully integrated it yet but it's going to be more beauty based it's going to be um korean like international dating kind of based so i have photos i mean videos of my husband uh it's going to be like life in korea kind of videos and beauty because i want to build my tiktok to be a platform where i can grow my business into having my own brand one day um same with youtube right now my instagram is just like daily life, fashion, photos. But later on, I will integrate it as well. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, because I have seen, you know, just in the time that I've known you, I mean, your Instagram really has, you know, taken off, you know what I mean? So it, it is cool to have followed in that journey. And yeah, it's just that that's really Thank happy you. for you and all this. I mean, I, I know you have worked hard since the, I've known you since 2020. We're about to be 2024. You've really grown, you know, as a, as an image kind of thing. And that's cool. So now, let's say I'm a, a crystal ball here. Five years from now, 10 years from now, do you think, well, what, what is it that you envision yourself to be in five years? Will you be in Inchon? Will you be around the, what is it, your goal, life goal, five-year goal, we'll say. My five-year goal for now is to have a business, um, specifically either a skincare or beauty brand under my name. Um, that is another reason why social media is very important to me. I need to have my own you know, customer base, following base. I need to um, gain trust with people before I can grow my own image. So in the five years, I'm not sure if I'll be in Korea. Um, I'm thinking other places. Korea is my home now, but it may not be my future place. Um, probably won't be America either for now. So I'm thinking in different areas, maybe the Middle East, specifically like Dubai. I'm not sure yet, but... um. Business-wise, it seems good there. So, yeah, that's kind of like my five-year plan is to have my own brand. Okay. So it's just to make those moves wherever. Well, you don't know, right? It's just see where you create your brand and then see where in the world it takes. I have, yeah. I have the contacts. I have the information. I have, like, all of that stuff. I just need to build a following. Yeah. Which which you have, That's right? Really so it's left. just growing and growing. Not yet, not yeah. yet. <laughs> well, you're still growing, right? But you still have. If I hit a million, then maybe I'll have a following. Okay, so millions like, the goal. Not yet. Okay, so we're working towards that million yeah. followers. We're working towards that million. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, um, regarding your the travel component, I I have you know been following your travels. It seems that you have done quite a bit of traveling recently, right? Yeah, I just got back from Mexico and Turkey. Yeah, so so how was that? How how was uh, what, you were there with two weeks, about three weeks, or how, how long was the whole trip? Ten days was the trip. Um, I mean, I traveled in September. I went to Hong Kong, Macau, and Japan. 
And then in October, we went to um, Mexico and Turkey, specifically for my sister's wedding in Cancun, Mexico. But Turkey was our layover and stopover. Well, it was a layover that we changed to a stopover. Um, we were there five days in Turkey and four days in Mexico. We did a lot. I mean, like, we took eight planes in 10 days. We were, like, on a new plane every day, just traveling to a different city. Because I didn't realize but Turkey is, like, quite big. And the only way to go is plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's a big country. Like, you know, I mean, compared to the U.S., not. But, like, compared to the other countries in the surrounding areas, like, it's, it's, a, it's a behemoth, you know? And did you... Th- this travels, do you try to... So you incorporate that in your brand kind of thing, showing like what, what like you and other places, like how, how to, I don't know, get to these places or how do you incorporate your, your image with these travels? I don't really show how I go to those places. I mean, I do post like planes, but like um, for me, I'm just showing tourist destinations that are kind of like Instagram worthy or places to visit kind of thing. Or things you want to see. So I will post a reel of like um, Cappadocia. I'll post a reel of uh, the sea in Istanbul. Like things like that. I have more videos. I haven't gone through them. There's just too many. But um, what I do is just like post moments from my travel to show beautiful things in that country kind of. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that's, that's cool when you can incorporate travel because I know you're a travel minded individual. Now. In your travels or wherever you have been, Korea, whatever, because you do have, I, I consider it a good following. Maybe you will not because it's not a million. But have you, as anyone... I just got to stay humble. What are you talking about? <laughs> but deep down, you're like, yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> but do you... It's, it's okay, yeah. Have you seen, has anyone like recognized you from your, your, your following? Like, oh, hey, what's up? Uh, you're so-and-so. No, I would have thought. I have... Close to 10,000 in Turkey following, but majority of my followers um, are based in India. I have around like 50,000 in India. Wow. And then like around 10, 12,000 in Turkey. I have 7,000, 8,000 in Mexico. So I have a lot in different countries. They're kind of, majority is India, but then a lot is in other countries. I would say India takes up half and then the other half is just a whole bunch of countries. So... I don't know. I've never been, I've been recognized only one time and that was from my TikTok, not really from my Instagram. Well, I'm sure that was pretty cool. I mean, like, wh- what was that situation? Where were you? Did someone just walk up to you? Hey, what's up? You're Rebecca? How did it? Uh, um, if they recognize me from Instagram, it's just like people in Korea, like foreigners, they'll be like, oh, I feel like I've seen you somewhere, I think on Instagram. It's, that's how it's usually been. If it's TikTok, like that one time is, I was at an event and um, then uh, these people, they came up to me like, hey, are you blah, blah, blah. And I was like, um, yeah, how did you know? And she's like, oh, my God, I saw your TikTok with your husband. And then my husband comes and he's like, oh, hi, who is this? And this, it was just a funny moment because. It was interesting to see that my video has actually reached other people. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, any idea? Because you've been following your 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 growth. Like, did you notice? Was it one post like that? India? Because that's it's interesting. Like how India became the largest market for you. So was there like one post where it's like, yeah. oh wow, now people in India know me? Or like how does 
How did the progression with that work? I don't know how it blew up, but there was a two posts that went viral. Um, it doesn't really tell you where it right. went viral. But all I noticed is like all of a sudden I had like 14,000 likes and I was like, it's just a basic photo. What what happened? I think it was from a hashtag that I used that ended up blowing up. I don't know. I feel like in India, I grew up because a lot of people feel like I resonate with them. I look kind of Indian to them. Um, and I do have plans to go to India one day if there was an opportunity that ever... I mean, I had a few opportunities that presented themselves. Um, there was a lot of safety issues, so for me. Um, but I do have some chances soon um, for me to work in the market and... If I grow in India, I would also be happy. Like for me, it doesn't really matter where I am. I love every place just the same and I love to travel. So if an opportunity came in India, if it came in Turkey, it really doesn't matter. I would love to, you know, like take part of it. I don't know why I grew popular in India. It just happened. But I feel like the community there is pretty big um, considering the population and one thing can like be shared so quickly overnight. So I feel like that's what happened. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, you know, I think a no brainer here. If, when you go to India, you do one photo there, you're going to double, triple in size because you have quite a bit of Indian following already. Imagine a mm. post in India that will just like, wow. You yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's the the next, uh, next goal to really, really grow. Um, that's cool. So we don't have a ton of time left, so I wanted to shift in to a lightning round. I got my list of questions here, travel related. But did you have any last minute remarks about, you know, not a conclusion, but about your entertainment, like any advice to the entertainment world? I know you touched into it, but um, or the lightning round. I would just say find your uniqueness and monetize it. So whatever you're good at, just blow it up. Be perfect at it. Because everyone can be good at everything, but like it takes something special to make you stand out, right? And um, always be cautious what you go in. Like, even if it seems like a good opportunity, you don't really know. Do your research, protect yourself, know who you're working with, where you're going. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, you always want to make sure that you are like aware of what you're getting into because the modeling world is nice but it's not all glitz and glam you know you're gonna meet rude people you're gonna meet nice people you're gonna be people that take advantage of you you're gonna meet people that don't pay you you're gonna meet people that abuse you and um use all of your time for um 20 16 hours and then treat you like trash afterwards so it doesn't matter you know what country you go to you gotta always you know do your research and prepare yourself if things don't happen the way you expect it. Beautiful. Could not have said it better myself. So know yourself, know your worth, and of course yeah. be conscientious of where you are. I love that. That's that's amazing. So we got a lightning round here. I got to tell you the rules. All right. People understand it. When I say lightning, I don't want you to say, oh, that's yeah, a hard one. Oh, give me a second. No, no, no. That's not the point. First thing that comes to your mind, just answer the questions, okay? So- I, I want so, three seconds. Are they like one word or like what kind of what kind of answer? Oh, you will see. You will see. Okay. So the first okay. question, I don't know if you, I mean, you might take a second. To Wait, how many questions are there? How many questions? Yeah, like six, seven. Okay. You okay. approve? You approve right. the lightning round? <laughs> so 
How many countries have you been to? If you know that oh, or not, God, off the top I don't of your even head. know. Ballpark, more than 10, 15? I don't know, like 10? Okay, we'll say 10. So, country with the best views. What do you mean, best views? Best like view. things to see, like yeah, nature? Everything. Oh. Just however you interpret that question. Best, best view. Views. All, all said and done. Best views. Which country? If you're just looking at a view, then Dubai. So Dubai. So with that, what is the best view that you have ever seen in your travels? I just felt the most happiest in Turkey. Okay, so which view is because it? Because of like the history, the history, okay. like Ephesus. Now I want to like make it specific though, like not that. the country, but the best view, like the, the Cappadocia, like what, what is the best view you have ever seen? Not a country, Cappadocia. place. Cappadocia? Okay, place. Yeah, so not a country. Turkey is a country. Um, Cappadocia. I mean, yeah, Dubai was beautiful, but like it was very artificial. So oh, yeah, yeah. Turkey, amazing place. Cappadocia, I've been there three times, can't get enough of it. Okay. Country with the best food? Lebanon. Lebanon. Okay. Now, what is the best food? Best dish ever you've had? Doesn't have to be Lebanon. For me, it's there's nothing better than. Um, actually, wait. I'm like debating myself now. I love Middle Eastern food. But, like, I do like cheese tacos. Okay, so that Korean dish we said earlier. So that's number one. Okay. <gasps> yes. Now, best airline? Delta. Delta. Worst airline? Spirit. But that's an American. People say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trash. If you're listening, Spirit, improve yourself, you know? All right. Next destination you're going. Do you have the next, like in the works in the plans like a uh, concrete or not yet nothing's booked um we were gonna go to turkey next year so now that was already done this year um i mean i have on my bucket list for now is india um malaysia and singapore so that's on my bucket list i don't know if it'll happen next year so see you kind of went into my next question so dream destination out of all of those what is the dream destination bucket list number one bucket list i know you just named a few but number one. Oh, that i want to go to this is you can go there Bali. tomorrow. I want to go to Bali. That's like my dream destination. Okay, but like bucket list are things I'm planning on. Okay, thank you. Now, my last thing, this is not so much a travel, a, a lightning round kind of thing. It's just more a general thing. What is your number one travel goal that you have for yourself? Is it going to a specific place or hitting every country in Asia? Do you have a travel goal? My travel goal is like the countries I go to, I want to learn more history about them not just enjoy the food um not just enjoy like touristy things but i like to learn as i go i like to see history i like to explore monuments i like to see popular places so that's kind of like my goal yeah it's nice to see beautiful things or eat good food but i'm more of a why is this place here or what's so special about it kind of person respect okay so looking past service level i like that okay now, yeah, so that is the lightning round. Hope it wasn't too bad. Uh, I could have done many more questions. It was so bad. It was terrible. <laughs> I hated it. So Shame on you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, where could people find you? Try to help grow your Instagram, your TikTok. Uh, I will put the these accounts in the, the bot or the for this episode, but where could people find you? Um, you have many different places. First is Instagram under my name. So I have three Instagram accounts, but I prefer to go just by my main one, Rebecca.Noor, and who you are. Okay. So that's the number one. Number two is TikTok. 
Uh, it's under me and my husband's name, David dot and dot Rebecca. So David and Rebecca. So that's pretty much it. Okay, so I will put those in there. And I know you just gave a big, you know, conclusion. But if you have any last second words for the audience, otherwise, this will be finished. Anything else? I just want to say thank you for taking the time to interview me. This was a good time. I had a good interview. And thank you for making it enjoyable. And thank you for those that listen. 